Kawasaki disease is a leading cause of heart attacks in adults under 30. The lack of knowledge of Kawasaki disease, even from fully qualified doctors, stuck with D. Ismail, and since then she has been working hard to spread awareness of Kawasaki disease so that the symptoms can be spotted and treated as quickly as possible. So what is Kawasaki disease and why is it misdiagnosed? I have with me the celebrated couture designer respected for her multiple celebrity works such as commissions for Beyonce, Cher, Shania Twain, Eddie Izzard and Warner Brothers. Her diverse sense of style has been showcased in many presentations across the globe and fashion magazines throughout the 80s and the 90s. She is also the founder and chairwoman of Kawasaki Disease UK. The fight against Kawasaki disease started in 1993 when her then seven-month-old daughter first started showing symptoms of the disease, but was constantly misdiagnosed by doctors. Welcome to the podcast, Dee. Hi, lovely to meet you. Thank you for having me. Lovely to meet you. Hi. So uh, tell us your story. What is Kawasaki disease and why why is it important to create awareness about it? Okay, so... Kawasaki disease is a combination of um, a predisposition of a gene as well as a toxin that is breathed in atmospherically that triggers uh, inflammation. We don't know why that inflammation settles on the heart and not the brain uh, or other places, but mm -hmm. th this is the pattern. So it's uh, creating um, swellings on the coronary arteries of the heart. And if not diagnosed promptly within four to five days, it can go on to, to create havoc for the child, either as a child or as an adult. Um, the symptoms classically are the fever, the rash, um, loss of appetite. And I think one of the causes of misdiagnosis, because it gets confused for other, a yeah, for a virus. Yeah, a Yes, uh, but there is um, there are a couple of other classic symptoms to watch out for that goes with that fever and rash, body rash. Um, there's a swelling of, of the eye that's quite classic and, and an ulcerated mouth. Um, and then finally, towards uh, the heart disease onset, they get uh, the peeling of the extremities, exclamation of the extremities. So generally the the skin begins to peel on the fingertips, possibly the bottom and, and feet. But by then it is um, in the later stage and the heart disease already has settled in. So it's really important that we get children the right care and the right treatment at an early stage mm -hmm. of the onset of this illness. Okay. And that's what your non-profit is doing? Yes. And... Uh... Where, are these symptoms visible uh, in early childhood as in uh, as young how young are they expressed mainly under the age of five there have been some children seen uh, around the age of eight or nine but that's quite rare it's mainly under the age of five and we we think it's because of the uh, the, the gene being more prominent before the age of five okay 
right. And uh, tell me, the doctors don't inform uh, of these symptoms? Is it something that the parent has to be aware of? Because the medical fraternity, I would assume, would want to give a checklist of uh, things to the parents. Obviously, parents are first time, especially first time parents. They would be very unaware of these symptoms, right? So should the medical fraternity ensure that uh, these things are told to new parents? Yes, if only we could make that happen. <laughs> we are trying our best to get leaflets out of GP surgeries yes. and A&Es. It is difficult. I mean, clinicians are limited, I guess, in their time uh, to keep up with all the new research. Um, so what we like to do is we like to get these leaflets printed and sent out to as many surgeries as possible. Um, yes, it's there mm -hmm. on the website, but uh, again, a busy clinician is they, they they can miss these things. So it's better to have it there. Uh, available for uh, parents to pick up as a leaflet or for GPs to just have it on their on their board and, and just, you know, get the child diagnosed yeah. more promptly if these symptoms are coming together. You know, these six classic symptoms are coming together. I just feel that mm -hmm. it shouldn't be missed as Kawasaki disease if, if they have the infected eye and the ulcerated mouth because this together with the uh, high temperature um, and body rash is it usually it does mean take a look at the heart and see if there are any swellings uh, that can be done by an ultrasound so it's 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 it is quite straightforward but we don't really understand why gps are confusing it Mm -hmm. And obviously, there is no vaccine for this. Do do do, you, do they have a vaccine? Uh, not that I know of. Now, there's a research panel called um, Dr. Burns uh, Research, which is going on in in the US, and that comes under the Radi Center. Uh, so, if people want to to look at the recent published files, that's also on our website. But if they wanted to find out more, this is where. The, the main research is going on globally at this time and has been for the past few years. So because I'm not medically trained, I may not be able to answer all the questions. But uh, for sure, we do have a parent hand guide that, again, is handed over to us from the Ready Centre. And Professor Burns is doing a fantastic job. And they even have a parent symposium, which goes on for three hours. Um, I've watched it a couple of times now, and I'm going to watch it again, because there are some very important segments, like calcification on the heart. And, um, you know, after a child has had Kawasaki disease, you know, that they should be tested for calcification uh, within 10 years. Uh, there's so many new aspects um, and information that is, is, is quite key for Kawasaki disease mm -hmm. that I would say right. if you're in the UK, you know, we can connect you with our specialist here if you're worried about your child. Professor Levine is our UK specialist and he understands KD very, very well. He's been looking into this certainly before my daughter even had it. So this uh, illness started coming around uh, 1964. Um, Dr. Kawasaki oh. was the first doctor to, to to diagnose in Japan. A lot of it was seen in Japan. Um, and mm -hmm. we certainly know information like um, 
the Second World War shelling, uh, the toxins from that that are floating around in the atmosphere. It's, it's all relevant to triggering genes that create Kawasaki disease. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of information really accumulating, but uh, there are a few key places that we trust that we, we, we get that information. Okay. So obviously your website does have a lot of information for people who want to research more about KD, the Kawasaki disease. Uh, do you also have, or are you thinking of any collaborations with uh, some research institutes uh, to find out more about this disease? Or are you, you know, tracking uh, children who have had Kawasaki disease and are now on the path to recovery? Yes, yes. Okay, so yes to both of those questions, actually, because we're, the Radi Center uh, recognize our organization and we've been in touch with them for the past few years now uh, collecting information breaking down information making it available um, and uh, we, you know we, we we are always looking for more info um, I understand that there are a few other charities like us in the UK um, I I don't know how involved they get with research but we certainly do like to pick up everything we can and update update our website yeah right and how's your daughter doing today um my daughter's not bad she's 31 this year um there are there are some ailments that I feel have affected her because of the weak immunity. Uh, you did ask a question about treatment, and treatment actually is immunoglobulin, um, and that is administered okay. to the child when they're uh, going through the symptoms of the Kawasaki disease, um, and that generally just builds up the immune system. So with my daughter she has struggled quite a lot with her immune system and and i just feel that there there is more that we could do to help children be diagnosed on time because i think the longer it's left the more damage it does later uh with my daughter because she mm -hmm. had two aneurysms um on around day 11 the damage oh. the damage was already done to the coronary arteries but even at that late stage she had immunoglobulin which was helpful and I am grateful but I just remember feeling very very angry about my daughter not being diagnosed on time because if we could have avoided having that damage to the heart then you can imagine that the, the scarring yeah. would not be there so that creates a new set of problems later in life that scarring can collapse into the cavities of the coronary arteries um, and that's a big worry uh, but at the same time the the, the system has had that mass inf inflammation that we don't really understand what is happening with the rest of the body and where any damage could have happened there but we do know that calcification occurs as well and that's another big worry and that occurs 10 years mm -hmm. after and they're, they're from the Ready Centre research from the symposium I learned that after 10 years it's likely that almost every child will get calcification uh, and that's a big it's a big oh. worry so again the most important thing is to identify and prevent the damage those are the things that i focus on so if i get a parent come through our contact 
form usually it lands up on my email system you know whether it be a weekend or an evening I I reply immediately because I know the urgency of having that child diagnosed on time and that not a second can be lost yeah my goodness uh, it's like you know having a sword hanging on your head uh, at all times right? yes that is how it is I'm afraid that is how it is but I know the pain of it and I'm still um I'm still hopeful that my daughter will overcome some of the problems that I believe have been caused because she had too much inflammation. And I still feel she some of her ailments now are because of inflammation. All of the things that she complains about, whether swelling or pain or, um, you know, any sort of lesions, anything like that, it's all down to the inflammation. So because we don't fully understand how that inflammation is is um, occurring and reoccurring and that what the pattern is and what the connection is to her having had KD, it's always there in the back of my mind, even if I don't discuss it with her or yeah, remind her that she had KD. I know in my mind yeah. that it's um, definitely worth preventing it. It's too complex. It's a complex disease. It is a complex yeah. disease. And you are doing all that you can actually through your nonprofit, making sure people are aware about it and, yes. you know, uh, getting the right information. So I think you are doing your bit. Uh, I do hope that the information that you are providing is helpful to all the parents so. who are anxious. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. And we have a lot of parents and the, uh, you know, the, the contacting us and the pattern seems to be that they are still confused after seeing maybe two or three doctors. They're still confused about their the condition of their child and whether it is KD and whether the, the child has been diagnosed on time. Most of them state that they've been sent home from hospital without any proper diagnosis. So this pattern is just reoccurring. And it's, it's quite shocking, really, because I am now beginning to think that it's worth doing some seminars for GPs to attend. And we do have a big hall in our mm -hmm. in our uh, building that is awarded to us for our charity. Um, and I'd, I'm, I'm this year looking into hiring an events com a company who would regularly put on these seminars for us so that professionals like um, Professor Levine can come and talk and educate GPs because it is becoming that worrying that GPs really don't understand the importance of KD. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, even at the slightest suspect of KD, it doesn't harm to get that child a scan and just check. Right. It, it that you know, rather right. than sending that child off to an A and E, and then the A and E maybe, you know, they they send the child home without any proper diagnosis, and this is wasting time. Mm. Correct, yeah. If it's caught in the bud, then obviously future complications would be prevented. Yeah, what, what is the message that you would like to spread through this podcast, Dee? Well, I think we should all be aware, even if you don't have a child, firstly, of the classic symptoms. So the, those six classic symptoms are key. Um, 
you know, the swelling of the eye, ulcerated mouth and peeling of the skin, very, very important. But I like to say, please don't leave it until there's peeling of the skin because that is a later stage. Um, so, oh. yes, just watching out for those classic symptoms. And uh, please note that we do have a parent hand guide on our website. Um, and any questions, you can all also contact our um our UK specialist, yes. Professor Levine. He's at Imperial College and he's always keen to help. Wonderful. And are you the only person on this nonprofit at the moment working with all the social media and the other aspects of correspondence or communication? No, I have, I have, you have some a young lady, um, Prarana, and I also have another young lady, Lucia, who are helping... Yes, they're, they're um, a strong part of the team. So they're helping with social media and SEO and various other things and sending out mail shots to press. And yeah, we're, we're doing the best we can. Wonderful. Because I would assume that with your uh, you know, profession, you would not have as much time, but you are very passionate. I can see that. And the fact that you want to do something about this is, uh, you know, reason enough for you to uh, want to have people to volunteer or help out with your it would be great yes wonderful Dee great talking to you and I hope uh, through this podcast we have many people wanting to know about Kawasaki disease uh, approaching you and your nonprofit and so sorting out any kind of problems that they have and I hope. I Thank you very you much. But I will just reiterate that the man to see is Professor Levine. So you can always pick up his contact details off our website or just Google him. He's the man to contact. So if you have any concerns, um, you know, because I, I really have to say that I, I still engage in my fashion business and I um, may not be able to answer every email that comes through. But if there is a child, you know, if a parent reaches out to us and there's a child that um, is unwell, yes, I do prioritise on that and I do connect them with Professor Levine, but it might be quicker just to go directly to him. He's the expert. Right. <laughs> expert. All right. So that was Dee Ismail for you. And uh, she has a non-profit about Kawasaki disease and She's also a fashion designer, and I'm very privileged to have met you. Thank you. you. Thank um, you very much for having me on your show. I would also like to ask if people would like to buy one of our Spice Girls t-shirts. Um, so you may know that I was one of the costume designers for the Spice Girls, and they're celebrating 25 years of being around. So um, we, we have produced these t-shirts that are on our website, and it does state that they're in aid of Kawasaki disease, so it's 100% to Kawasaki disease. Um, so yeah. please, uh, if you do like the Spice Girls and who doesn't, please go on and buy one. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Wonderful. Lovely. Thank Same you so day. much. And I wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you bye very bye. much.